I love being there when my kids kind of have that spark of, of discovery or when they figure out how to read or how to solve some kind of math problem and everything just clicks for them um, and you see their eyes light up. I love being able to be a part of that and to be there when that happens. I love, um, I love that my kids get to spend so much time with their dad. I feel like that is a really, really big benefit of the way um, we've ended up doing things. He really is pouring into them for a huge chunk of the day. And I think, yeah, I think that's gonna be a big benefit to them, especially as they continue to get older. Welcome to Homeschool Conversations with Humility and Doxology, a series of interviews with real-life homeschool moms, dads, and other educators on all sorts of topics that affect our lives as homeschool parents. I'm Amy Sloan, a second-generation homeschool mom of five, and I am so delighted that you are here. Here on Homeschool Conversations, we'll discuss educational philosophy, family life, and more. Come chat with us. Be sure to listen to the full podcast episode so you can get a sneak peek into Amy Otto's new podcast project with the Homeschool Compass. Since recording our conversation, the Homeschool Compass podcast has launched, and I'm excited to get to share a little preview trailer from Amy at the end of this week's Homeschool Conversations episode. Hello, friends. Today I'm joined by my friend Amy, another Amy, and I am so delighted to get to share her with you today. Amy Otto is married to her high school sweetheart, Nick, and together they homeschool their two children, ages seven and nine. Amy is passionate about encouraging other parents on their homeschool journey and helping them find the path that is right for their family through her work at the Homeschool Compass. Amy, thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Amy. You are someone that I have looked up to and admired in the homeschool space for a long time, so it is such a treat to get to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm looking forward to our conversation today, and if we could start, just tell us a little bit about your family and how you guys came to start homeschooling. Sure. Um, I'm Amy, and I live in a cozy little cottage in the North Shore of Massachusetts with my husband and our two kids. It's kind of a dreamy place to homeschool, honestly, because we have the beach really close by, the mountains are just a short drive away, and then we have all these awesome landmarks from early America. It definitely is a fun place to get to um, raise a homeschool family. Um, as far as how we got started with homeschooling, I feel like I have always been one that is really uh, interested in homeschooling ever since I was quite young. Um, I didn't grow up being homeschooled, uh, but yeah, pretty early on, that was something that was really interesting to me. Um, I went to a public school for the first couple years of my life. And my parents just kind of intuitively created this very rich learning environment in our home. I'm not sure they knew entirely what they were doing when they set out like that, but my parents, I always saw both my parents reading for pleasure and our house was full of books. Um, and so I trotted off to kindergarten already knowing how to read. And <laughs> it, it quickly became clear that uh, the 
public school setting was not going to be the place where my brothers and I were going to find what we needed. I remember in second grade, my teacher was scolding me in front of the class because I'd read all the books in the classroom and she didn't have anything else for me to read and she was so frustrated with me. So that's, things that's like- That's heartbreaking. Yes, it's terrible, right? So my mom was like, no, this is not gonna work. So she kind of gradually transitioned us over to the sweet little classical private school that was nearby. Um, and so that is where I stayed for the rest of my education. K through 12. Um, and there I ran into kids who had been homeschooled in their early years. And I kind of noticed, hey, these are the kids that are like me. These are the kids that are really hungry to learn and they love reading and they're very interested and engaged. And so that kind of started in my mind, homeschooling sounds like a really fun thing to do. I would really like to share this with my kids someday. And so as my husband and I met each other and started dating, I remember early on, we had a conversation where I was like, well, I'm kind of planning on doing this homeschooling thing. Are you gonna be okay with that kind of situation? And he was very on board. He didn't really, he wasn't thrilled with his education in the public school either. So he was totally open to that way of doing things. Um, but that, kind of started us on this path of homeschooling. And so before we even had kids, I was reading all these books and planning out what we were gonna do. I, the first one I found was The Well-Trained Mind by Jesse Wise and Susan Wise Bauer. Um, and so I, was, I probably read that thing cover to cover maybe 10 times and had marked it up and highlighted it. And I would sit around in my free time, like planning out what our homeschool days were gonna be like long before we had any kids, you know, every once in a while I'll open a box and find some little piece of paper where I wrote out, you know, someday I might have a fifth grader and a first grader. And I would do math with this one from this time to this time, like just totally ridiculous. Like you should never do this, <laughs> this is a bad idea. But it was kind of my hobby. Other people would watch television and I guess I was just homeschool planning and dreaming about what what our days would look like. So yeah, I've always kind of been headed in that direction, I think. I love that so much and I'm glad that I'm not the only person who did that. <laughs> it's you know, it's kind of I look back at that young that young woman with compassion and joy. Like she didn't know what she was talking about and she had these perfect children and perfect plans. And she was such a perfect homeschool mom. But I'm really thankful. I think that love and excitement and enthusiasm even as, you know, things change and you learn and grow with, you know, your actual real life children over the years, that love for, for learning and for books that obviously you had at a young age and that enthusiasm for communicating that to your children, that could only have stood you in good stead as you pursued homeschooling. Well, so you got all excited and you had all these thoughts and, you know, you had this sort of, um, this hobby of thinking about homeschooling and then you had real children. Yes. <laughs> so how has your homeschool in real life with these precious little ones, how has it kind of grown and changed over the years? Yes, it's almost like there was this ideal and then the crash <laughs> reality sets in, I think. So um, yeah, we started out doing kind of a very traditional I guess you would say set up where my husband was working full time um, and I was 
staying at home with the kids all the time. And uh, we each had kind of our different spheres, so to speak. Um, and after a couple of years of that, we just kind of came to the realization that neither of us were really thriving in that arrangement. The kids seemed to be doing fine, <laughs> fine with it. Um, but my husband was really feeling the stress of having all the pressure of providing for the family on him alone. He is a mental health counselor, and so he was trying to get his career off the ground um, and working lots of long hours, uh, making not very good money, trying to get all the hours that he needed for licensure, and just trying to um, provide for our family was feeling really stressful. He felt um, the stress of that. Yeah, so I had a kind of a bumpy transition to motherhood with my firstborn. I had what I realized later on was postpartum depression, and then that kind of ramped up again when our second child was born. And so my husband would leave for work early in the morning with the car, and I'd be kind of stuck at home with these two little ones. Um, and, you know, dealing with anxiety and depression and feeling very isolated. Um, and then he would get home super late and not get to see them very much. And it just wasn't what we had longed for, for our life to feel like. Um, we were in the roles that we thought we wanted to have, but it just wasn't, we, we weren't thriving in that setup. And my husband kind of suggested, well, maybe it, it would work well if you looked for a little something part-time. And I was kind of resistant to that at first because I had in my mind this picture of how it was supposed to go. I was supposed to be the one that was at home, you know, <laughs> doing all these things. And the reality was I, I wasn't, it, it wasn't working well for me either. Um, but I was holding so tightly to this idea of what I thought I wanted God to do in our family. And so I kind of really had to release that. Um, and I started just, just working a little tiny bit at night, a couple hours, you know, um, and found out I really loved, <laughs> loved the work that I was doing. And God provided me with this wonderful job where I got to um, help other homeschool families. So it was something that I was super excited about, um, but also had that time kind of away outside the home, which was really nice. And um, was able, we were able to kind of gradually come to a place where we were dividing things more half and half. So now we have a more balanced setup where we're kind of both sharing in the providing for our family and we're both getting to invest in the homeschooling side with our kids. And it's been a little bit more of a balanced setup for our family. I love that you were able to find what was going to work best for your family because sometimes we can hold on to these ideas that we have in our head of the way it should work. And that may work for other families, but each individual family is going to have to kind of figure out what their homeschool and what their family life, you know, is going to really need to be for them as an individual. And I think that's really important. And also to model for our kids having having other interests is a good thing, you know, whether it's work or a project or a hobby or service, like no matter what it is, it's good to, to, for our children to see us as moms that we're full human beings as well, I think. Yes. Yeah. It was almost a little bit of a grieving process, I feel like, to get to that point because I had this thing that I had always wanted and I wasn't 
I wasn't thriving in that. And so, yeah, so I had to kind of let go what my idea of what homeschooling was going to look like and let God lead us to this place of healthier dynamics for our family. Well, Amy, what are some of your favorite parts of homeschooling? I would say I love, um, I love being there when my kids kind of have that spark of, of discovery or when they figure out how to read or how to solve some kind of math problem and everything just clicks for them um, and you see their eyes light up. I love being able to be a part of that and to be there when that happens. I love, um, I love that my kids get to spend so much time with their dad. I feel like that is a really, really big benefit of the way um, we've ended up doing things. He really is pouring into them for a huge chunk of the day. And I think, yeah, I think that's going to be a big benefit to them, especially as they continue to get older. But yeah, we just love, love being able to set things up so that we're together more. I can't, I can't imagine sending them off to be with someone that I've never met or never seen for such a big chunk of the day. Um, but knowing that we get to be the ones to pour into them is really, really satisfying and fulfilling. Yeah, definitely. This episode is brought to you by The Year of Memory Work my free resource to help you incorporate more beautiful pieces of memory work in your homeschool day. The Year of Memory Work provides you 52 weeks of beautiful poetry, famous speeches, historic documents, and more, so you never have to wonder what to memorize or recite next. With my free printables, it's easy to include the recitation of your choice in your morning time routine. Plus, for each piece of memory work, there's also a video in which I or one of my children recite the poem or speech for you. Sometimes we even get a little goofy. With 52 items to choose from, you're sure to find something your whole family will enjoy. Head to humilityanddoxology.com and click the menu button at the top of the page to easily navigate to the year of memory work. Or head to Humility and Doxology on YouTube or Facebook where I have all the videos rounded up in a year of memory work playlist. Well, how about some of the challenges of homeschooling? Is there anything that's, that's been a little bit harder and how have you sought to overcome some of those challenges? Yes, I think the biggest challenge and also maybe a big growth area, those things I think go hand in hand for us at least, is just the sanctifying that comes from homeschooling so closely together with your spouse. <laughs> I think homeschooling can be a really sanctifying thing uh, that God uses to bring us to greater holiness, and marriage is definitely a sanctifying thing, and I feel like when you put those two things together, it's almost like this crucible <laughs> of, like, you can really be refined um, in, in that, but it's not it's not always easy. We're bumping up against each other all the time and God is um, rubbing those rough edges off. I feel like a lot of times people, when they hear that we homeschool together in this way, that it's not what most people think of when they think of homeschooling, I think they often say, 
oh, I could never do that. Or you must have such an amazing marriage to be able to make that work. And I want to be like, no, nothing could be further from the truth. Like we should not be elevated as the poster children of what a good marriage is like, because we have struggled, you know, we've struggled a lot. We've been through lots of painful seasons in our marriage. We got married really young and we um we both came into the relationship with a lot of unprocessed trauma from childhood that we hadn't dealt with um, we came with some really not great communication patterns from our families of origin and so um so yeah we've had to work hard to get to a place where we can do this and um i feel like for me especially it's been very humbling um, doing this with my husband, especially because I can be very opinionated and I can think, I know the way that this should be done. <laughs> and I have a lot of ideas about how this ought to go. Um, and yeah, the Holy Spirit is constantly reminding me, my husband has perfectly good ideas about how this should be done too. And just because um, I have my ideas doesn't mean that that's necessarily the right way to go. And there's times where we bump up against each other in the middle of the homeschool day and we have to stop everything and just kind of pause and, you know, send the kids off and <laughs> sit and talk to one another and work through what has happened and deal with any resentments that are coming up and come to a place of repentance where we can get back on the same page. Um, and that's not always fun work to do, but it is good work and it's important work. Um, and so I feel like that's been one of the, the biggest challenges, but we just keep coming back. I feel like I keep coming back to this place with the Lord. Um, almost just like Jacob wrestling with God, kind of like, I will not let you go until you fix this in our marriage. Like we, we want to see your healing and we want to see your Holy Spirit work. And we want to see, um, we want to chart a new path for our family and give a new legacy of faithfulness to our children. Um, and so just continually bringing that before the Lord and continually um, being willing to let the Holy Spirit um, speak into our into our relationship, um, but yeah, it's challenging at times for sure. I think that's going to be so encouraging for other moms and dads to hear because I think there can be this false idea that it's the naturally patient ones who homeschool or the naturally just sweet and kind and gentle souls who, who are these perfect homeschool moms or perfect homeschool dads. And we just have these idealized, you know, families with no sin. And that's not true. In fact, as a homeschool family, like you were saying, you're always with each other. So your sin, not only are you just as sinful as everybody else, but it's like always right in your face. <laughs> <laughs> and you're putting yours right in everybody else's face. And so just because it's challenging and hard and you're having to work through those relationship challenges with your spouse or with your children, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong in your homeschool. It could actually be God's good work to show you those places that need to be changed and grown. And then I loved that encouragement you said at the end, you know, holding on to God and to his promises. I often think of the verse where it says that God cannot deny himself. 
because if I had my hope in like my own ability to, to fix things, that would be a pretty, uh, pretty bad hope. But to know that I can, I can say, you know, these are the promises of God. This is who God is himself and his character. And I can cling to that. And that does not change. That gives so much hope and peace uh, for my family in general. And especially in our, you know, our homeschool adventure. Yes. Well, I know that one of the things that we share in common, besides having the same name in different spellings, the same name, it's a good name, um, is we both love books. And I would love to hear some of the favorite books that you have either read aloud as a family or some favorite books that your children have enjoyed. Sure. Yes. I would say probably the number one um, book that our entire family, every single person loved is the Mysterious Benedict Society series. Do you know those books? Yeah, it's such a fun one. Yes, we've read through the whole series. I think it's four books. We've read through the whole thing twice as a family. And then my son, who's nine, has read it, I think, certain ones a couple more times or something like that. But that is just a really sweet one. It's about these four kids that all have kind of special abilities and they have to work together um, to figure out these challenges but they're very clever um, and I like that the kids are very supportive of each other you know there's no bickering and bad things that you wouldn't want your children to emulate really um, but even my husband who would not really consider himself a reader he wouldn't say he loves books he loved <laughs> the Mysterious Benedict Society series so that is one that all of us have wholeheartedly endorse I would say um, and then I have lots and lots of favorite <laughs> favorites personally but we love um, the trumpet of the swan that's one that we've read a number of times it just has such beautiful nature writing um, the secret garden is another one that we've been through a couple of times so yeah we have lots and lots of lots of favorites I love the audiobook version of Trumpet of the Swan because the narrator is actually E.B. White. Have you listened to that audiobook? Yes. I love that one so much. I, I think I just about cry every time I, <laughs> I read that story or listen to it. I can never get tired of it. With the Mysterious Benedict Society, my kids who have been especially, um, who have especially enjoyed that series also really enjoyed the Westing game and then the book um, Escape from Mr. Limoncello's Library. Have you guys tried either of those series? No, we have not. I'm taking notes here, Amy. <laughs> Add that to your library hold list. Yes. <laughs> the Westing Game, I think, is an older one, um, but I had never read it before I listened to it with the kids. And then this Escape from Mr. Limoncello's Library, I did as a, an audiobook read aloud with the kids last year. And it's hard because I have a wide age range, you know, five to 15. So it can be hard to find a book that everyone is enjoying at the same time. And that was one that everybody enjoyed. It was, you know, they're in a library, so it's all about books and, and solving a puzzle and having to learn to work together. So I would recommend that one to you. That one sounds excellent. Well, Amy, here in season three, I'm asking all of my guests uh, the same two questions. So the first one kind of is related to the same topic about books, but it's what are you reading lately? Yes, so many things, Amy. If you were just 
follow me on Goodreads, you would see my currently reading shelf has probably like 20 books. I have kind of a stack, different stacks that I pull from at different times of the day. So I have a stack on my night side table that's all kind of devotional books. And I pick one of those to read usually in the morning before I get get too far into the day. So I've been reading um, Mitten Strings for God, it's called, by Katrina Kennison, I think her name is. Um, and so that's, I usually reread that one um, at least once a year, but it's very cozy. Um, and it's all about kind of being present in the season of motherhood that you're in um, and appreciating the joys and the hard things. Um, so that is a favorite that I keep coming back to. And then I have another stack that's kind of more, uh, more challenging reads, ones that I need to be a little more intellectually engaged with um, that I pull from usually in the afternoon. Like if the kids go off to do their screen time, I'll try to quick have a few minutes to get through a chapter. So, so I've been reading um, Stamped from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kindy in the afternoons and that's kind of a history it's a big thick book so it's taking me forever to get through it just a little bite at a time um but it's about the history of racism in america and so that's been a really uh challenging but uh yeah really informative book to read um and i usually have some fiction going that I'll read before bed. And I also have an audiobook <laughs> that I'm going through that I'll just turn on if I'm gonna wash dishes or be folding laundry. Um, there's one that I've been listening to a ton these past couple months. Um, it's called Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. And I really like that one on audio because the author's voice is very soothing. So if I'm kind of frazzled <laughs> or feeling like I have to get all this stuff done, and I turn on this voice and she is a Native American um, professor of biology. Um, so the book is all about plants. And so I'm learning all these interesting things about the natural world, but it also has kind of Native American wisdom and some of her own story woven into it. So anytime I turn that on and it's just very much about stillness and sustainability and um, I kind of feel myself calming down a little bit. So that's an audiobook that I keep coming back to as well. Well, those are some fantastic sounding ones. I, every time I have one of these conversations, I always end up adding more books to my library hold list. Yes. <laughs> I'll just see if any of those are here locally. Well, my final question is, what would you say to that homeschool mama whose day just seems to be going all wrong? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways you can go depending on what's going on. I would say one of my probably default things to try is to just bundle everybody up and go outside for a little fresh air. That that's probably my go-to strategy for when the day is going off the rails. And inevitably, you know, it takes us a while to find all our hats and gloves and coats. <laughs> and nobody really wants to and everybody's grumbling. But if we just get out the door, it seems like walking around a little bit in the fresh air kind of helps everybody's mood to settle somewhat. So that's something that we, we turn to a lot. We've also, uh, I also rely pretty heavily on just if I have a particular child that's having a hard time asking them what would 
what's making this hard for you or what would make this easier right now and just trying to collaborate with them because often they have ideas that I wouldn't have thought of. Sometimes they'll say, well, if we never had to do math again, that would fix everything or something like that, you know, <laughs> which is not what we're going to do. But sometimes they have really, really helpful, you know, insightful ideas about why it's hard for them. So we, my little second grader is working through her math facts right now, and she um, has this page of math facts she's supposed to do every day. And we kind of hit this phase where every day when it was time to do this page of math back she was crying and it's too hard i can't do it you know and i i mean we have at times we'll just kind of set that aspect aside for a little while and then come back to it but in this particular case okay what's what's what would make this easier what's really making this so hard she's like, it's just too many problems it's too many problems so so i was like okay well you know she's still kind of learning to write in her pencil grip is not that strong yet and doing a whole page of these and trying to do it fast you know probably is a little challenging for her so I started kind of like taking the page and cutting it into different shapes so that some of the problems would get cut off which she thought was hilarious like sometimes I'll cut eyes in the middle of it and so those problems that are right there will be taken off and so she doesn't really know that I like started with a small number and every day I'm kind of <laughs> gradually adding more and more problems in based on how I'm cutting the paper. Um, she just knows it's not the whole thing. I'm getting a little bit of a break here. And so she's willing to, she's willing to, you know, she's not getting so overwhelmed. And so I think where you can, if you can just collaborate with them a little bit and see if they have any insight into why you're hitting this bump in the road that can sometimes be helpful that is such a fun idea to cut the math page make eyes or do fun shapes i could just see that really kind of diffusing the tension too just because it's like ooh, what shape is it going to be today that is really clever i love it like i mean nobody's complained about math this week anyway but i might just cut their math page <laughs> or maybe i'll save that for a bad day maybe that's a better idea well, Amy, where can people find you all around the internet? Yes, I would love uh, to connect with any of your audience. Uh, if you look on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, we're at Homeschool Compass. Um, and we're, you can also visit us at homeschoolcompass.com. Uh, we have an online community of homeschoolers there that's run by Christian Book. Um, and so we have different people that are contributing, some who their kids are grown and they're kind of looking back on their homeschool years, which is always really nice to get the wisdom of those who've gone before, um, but also those of us who are kind of in the trenches with little guys uh, and everywhere in between. Um, so yeah, Homeschool Compass on Instagram or Facebook. Um, we love connecting with new homeschoolers. Fantastic. And I will have all of those things linked up in the show notes for this episode at humilityanddoxology.com. Thank you so much, Amy, for chatting with me today. It was really fun to, you know, get a chance to talk to you in real time. Yes, you too, Amy. Thank you. As I walk this homeschool journey, one thing has become abundantly clear. We will not thrive as homeschool parents if we try to do it in our own strength. We need the Lord's wisdom daily. We need the Holy Spirit's comfort daily. 
And we also need regular connection with other homeschoolers who understand the unique challenges and gifts of homeschooling. That's why the Homeschool Compass exists. We provide daily encouragement and practical support from a team of experienced homeschool moms who get it. And we're so excited to share that vision through the Homeschool Compass podcast. I'm Amy Otto, and on this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with experienced home educators who have walked this path faithfully and can share what they've learned through the good days and the hard days. Come join us by searching for the Homeschool Compass podcast wherever you get your podcasts or visit us at homeschoolcompass.com podcast. We're so excited to journey together with you. for listening in on this week's Homeschool Conversation. For show notes and links to all the resources we discussed, head to humilityanddoxology.com slash homeschool conversations. And if these episodes are an encouragement to you, would you take a moment to leave a rating and review and to share it with your friends? I am so thankful that you are here on this adventure with me. Let's repent of our constant striving, relish the joy of learning, and rest in the work of Christ on our behalf. Stand fast, my friends.